When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With the fourth pick in the NFL draft, the New York Jets select... It's Garrett Wilson. Evan Neal is just different. Draft fans, Jets fans, I know. It's been almost two weeks since you have heard from us. The guys were just so upset that the Jets beat the Jaguars and knocked us out of that top two pick. Then we watched Aiden Hutchinson play in the playoff and felt much better about missing out on that top two pick. But... We're back. The season is winding, winding down, and this is where the Jets shine. They're the offseason champs. So, got to welcome my guys back to the show. Dylan, how are you? I'm doing good, Meeks. You know, I told you guys to be patient with Zach, and I'm not exactly jumping on the hype train like everyone else, but I'm also not going to clown on him yet. But I'm happy. I'm finally feeling a little more intrigued and energetic about this offense, so I'm feeling good. Yeah, Michael Floor is doing pretty well for a guy who was fired in week five, I got to say. You know, most people give up on their job when they get fired by the uh, Twitter. But, you know, he stuck around. Joe, Aiden Hutchinson didn't have his best game, got clowned on Twitter, but that's not what made him the prospect that he is. So I know you're always going to be defending your guy. So how are you? I'm doing well, Meeks. I got to say that this past Sunday was, I think, one of the better games of the year for Zach Wilson. In fact, I think it was the best game of his career, and I'm, I don't think that's hyperbolic in any way. I feel a little bit more comfortable with him going forward. It was definitely the first time this year, and I know he's had good moments, but the first time this year where I personally said, we might have something here. So I'm feeling pretty good. You know, I, I think that uh, I know there's one game left, and obviously there's a long way to go in his development. But I am feeling a little bit more optimistic about where we're going to go in the future. And uh, for future reference, try not to slander my guy Aiden Hutchinson, Meigs. Okay, that's we were going to put that in the past, all right? Okay, Joe. No, I, my biggest takeaway from Zach on Sunday was his footwork actually looked like it supposed to, and he wasn't pointing to the sidelines, and he really looked accurate, and he really showed off how strong that arm is. So I was actually very encouraged by that. James? I mean, it's been like almost two weeks for you. You haven't been able to unleash, unleash any of your takes. I mean, are you just like bursting at the seams at this point? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm definitely hyped to be back. And I agree with Joe. It was a really encouraging day on Sunday. Yeah, no, Zach Wilson and the Jets, I think, had about as good a loss as you can have. 
And now we've been putting this off because you want to know where the Jets were going to be picking. I think it took a lot of Jets fans and us to realize that the Seattle Seahawks are that bad. And the pick that we got in the Jamal Adams trade is actually probably going to be a top 10 pick. So you're going to get your first draft season mock. And believe me, this isn't going to be the last one. Uh, We're going to do the first four picks today. So it's going to be pick four, pick seven, pick 35, and pick 38. And each one of us is going to take a chance at being Joe Douglas and hearing what the other three scouts in the room have to say. But we got to start with pick four. Dylan, I got to hand it over to you. And you got to take the hosting duties as you are. You're in the big chair. So take it away. All right, boys, as Joe Douglas, I need a little input here. You know, there's a lot of different voices in my head. So I'll start, James, what's the voice telling me on your side? What should I do? Yeah, so Joe, listen up. Look at some of the young quarterbacks who have taken big strides in the past few years. One of the biggest factors in helping them along is having a top wide receiver for And we are off to a great start. You know, in our front office, we got Elijah Moore, but there's another receiver who we can add this offseason who is an incredible talent and who I personally, as the area scout for the Midwest, am 100% ready to stake my career on. And that is Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. Now, I know that a lot of mock drafts don't have him going top five, but here's the thing. Garrett is basically like Elijah Moore, but bigger. He has the production. He's been a starter since his freshman year. He has performed against the top competition, and he is an incredibly athletic as well as advanced technically wide receiver. I mean, this is really a slam dunk prospect. He's going to be somebody who aids Zach Wilson's development, and that's honestly the biggest priority for us as a team. So I think we should be taking Garrett Wilson at number four. Fair points, fair points. You know, I'm going to go to Scout Megan here. What's your, uh, what's your perspective here? I mean, I think the biggest thing that the coaching staff has done right this year has been developing those young corners. And Bryce has been great. Brandon Eccles, I think, has really flashed. But why don't we take that group over the top and get it with a corner who wears a number that has pulls a lot of prestige in this franchise for a corner who's out of Pittsburgh, who are number 24 in Darrell Revis, and look, in the, look into the LSU guy, Derek Stingley. Elite, elite, elite athlete. Great man corner. We've been playing a lot more man in this scheme. And I think that could really, really help our pass rush. It's just locking those guys down for those 0.5, that one extra second. Stingley, he, he erases men. He erases sides of the field. The ball production is there. The injuries, you know, got to make sure the medical team gives the all clear. But we saw Marshawn Lattimore in 2017 get the all clear, and he's been an all pro for the Saints. And you don't find that guy in free agency. And you don't find that guy later in the draft. He's a one-of-one athlete and could be a one-of-one corner. So that's who I'm staking my claim to. A lot of good points here. One-of-one athlete, one-of-one corner. All right, I'll go to our offensive line scout, Joe Bellick. You know what, Dylan? Uh, First of all, I'm a little surprised that the person who's been slandering Derek Stingley for like three months is having us pick him at four. Let me go back to what James said. I agree with the fact that Zach Wilson needs playmakers to get better. And I think some people have referenced the Bengals as the blueprint where they kind of opted to take the wide receiver over the offensive lineman. And while I I do agree, as I said, that we need the playmakers, first and foremost, I feel like Joe Burrow is just a much better quarterback than Zach Wilson at this point. I don't feel like those particular situations are really that comparable. Joe Burrow is like an elite 
pocket manager. I mean, the way he weaves in and out of traffic is just a beautiful thing. And if we want to put some things into perspective and paint the picture for the crowd out there, and you know, I don't want to bash Zach Wilson too much, but Joe Burrow is pretty much like a well-versed concert pianist performing at Carnegie Hall. And Zach Wilson is pretty much first chair trumpet in the high school band when it comes to pocket management. That is just the truth. So when it comes to building this particular team, we need to look to another formula, one that the Jets are very much familiar with. And that was what they did with Mark Sanchez when they built a team that went to -to back-to-back the AFC championships with a top-ranked offensive line and a top-ranked rush game. And the best way to get that going is with my guy, Evan Neal. And just to make my case a little stronger here, I feel like when you look at the uncertainty that we have a tackle with Becton and with Fant, both being kind of injury prone and also Fant who pretty much had just one good year. Like, is it fool's gold? Is he really going to be that guy next year? I believe he can be, but we're not really sure. Right? I know a lot of people are saying we should resign Morgan Moses, but I'm just questioning why would Morgan Moses resign with the Jets? I mean, they're taking, now the word is they're taking Joe Douglas's first overall draft selection and Mekai Becton and moving him to his spot at right tackle. And all of a sudden Morgan Moses wants to come back to play with the Jets. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't see how that proposition works in his favor. Let's be real. Could you imagine an offensive line that sees Connor McDermott having meaningful snaps because Becton or Fant got hurt? That's not a world that I want to live in. So you have an offensive line where you take someone like Evan Neal, you put him in at guard. If for some reason any one of those guys get injured, well, then now you could put him at tackle as well. And hopefully, you know, you don't miss a beat. Obviously, it's not going to be as strong as the original line, but you still have a chance to keep Zach comfortable developing and get that run game going, which I think is really what this team needs to move forward. And I implore you, Joe Douglas or Dylan, to look at what you did back in 2017 with the Eagles when you had a young quarterback in Carson Wentz and he got hurt. And Nick Foles stepped in and you guys won the Super Bowl with the number one ranked offensive line and the number three rushing game in the league. So I think for me, it's a no brainer. I think we got to go with Evan Neal man here and really just secure the line up front for Zach Wilson. So I'm going to say as Joe Douglas, you know, I like the position um, point you made there with James with how, you know, we need to upgrade a receiver, you know, the reliance you can put on on a receiver like a Jamar Chase and one of these early picks, but I do feel it's a little, there's other receivers in this class we could go with, although Garrett is a special talent. You know, Meigs, I'm stunned. I'm stunned that you would come out this aggressively in support of a guy that you've been really, really against since day one of this pod. But uh, I, I'm going to trust Salah to continue to develop these young guys and maybe bring in a vet in the offseason. So I'm going to go with uh, Evan Neal here. I think adding the versatility to the offensive line and adding another insurance policy for Makai Becton, you know, who could have been my first whiff in 2020. Um, I really feel a little more comfortable by bringing in Evan Neal with the fourth overall pick. So that's the name on the card I'm turning in. Yeah, no, I'm really surprised Joe Douglas didn't try to pin the Makai Becton pick on Adam Gase, but, you know, he'll learn. He'll learn. But, uh, yeah, you know, with Stingley, I wanted to bring some variety. Always want to keep you guys on your toes. But, Joe, you have a lot of experience being a Joe, and now you get to take over as Joe Douglas for pick seven. All right, yes, sir, guys. So, listen, I was just on the phone with uh, my guy Kevin Colbert from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He expressed that he wants to move up potentially for, I don't know, a quarterback, maybe, maybe Pickett, maybe Kenny's on the board. I'm not sure, but he's offering us pick 17 
Pick 48 and a 2023 fourth rounder. What do you guys think? Uh, I actually want to uh, go after a point that uh, one of your other scouts, James, made earlier before. And this is where I want to pitch a guy he's already pitched. But I have something to say about Garrett Wilson that I don't think people are realizing. And people don't think he's the best fit for this scheme. And honestly, I think that's crazy. Elijah Moore, there was a huge discourse coming out about, is he a slot-only player? Can he win on the outside? And I think he showed all of the NFL that he can win on the outside. And there's a certain wide receiver core in the state of Texas, the Dallas Cowboys, where the Jets wide receiver core could look a lot like that if we take Garrett Wilson. CeeDee Lamb can win on the outside, but CeeDee Lamb exclusively plays in the slot when Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper are healthy because that's where he murders fools. If you take Garrett Wilson, who can play X, who can play Z, and have him and Corey Davis on the outside, Elijah Moore can work in the slot, and he can do what CeeDee Lamb does, and that's murder people. Elijah Moore is so shifty, he's so good, and he doesn't, He's not a slot only, but you can have the benefit of playing him in the slot, him and Garrett Wilson. Oh, baby. It's over. It's over. Zach, like Zach Wilson, you have to be good in those two guys. doesn't matter. Meeks, I'm tempted to cut that bit out of the entire podcast. I mean, I came in here. I proposed a trade to you guys, and you went on this rant about Garrett Wilson. Yeah, he's too good. He's too good for the trade. Let me tell you something. I agree that the Jets should add a playmaker, and I, I'm not opposed to adding a playmaker in this particular spot. But we also have to remember that I think only six of the 18 guys who have a thousand yards receiving this year were drafted in the first round. And even when you look at back at, you know, I, I mentioned Mark Sanchez and, you know, what they did with him back in the day when they built that offensive line in that run, run game and they made a trade, right, for a couple of guys. Braylon, Braylon Edwards, Santonio Holmes, Joe Douglas signed somebody like Alshon Jeffrey in free agency when they went on their run to the Super Bowl. And there are a couple of guys that are available now. Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley potentially is available as well. And you look at some other teams in the league, like uh, the Bills, who made a trade for Stefan Diggs, or the Cowboys, who made a trade for Amari Cooper. That's the way they kind of brought in their presence, their playmaker to help their particular quarterback. So I'm not opposed to that either. But I think right here with this particular draft, even though we might not have a chance at Garrett Wilson anymore if we trade down, I think we should trade down. And that's why I'm still on the phone with Kev. He's kind of like, he's pressing me, Meeks. I want to hear what the All right, well, go to James and Dylan. See if they agree Should with we you. Trade down. See, see if they agree with you. I've I said know, my piece. James, we'll say you're Rex Hogan right now. Come on, Rex. What are we doing? You want to trade down here? So normally I would be in favor of trading down. You know, as I, as we frequently talked about in our 1 a.m. discussions over prospects in Florham Park, you know, the academic literature says that it's it's more often than not a good idea to trade down and have more picks as opposed to higher picks. But we believe in building through the trenches in this household. And there is a player who we can invest this pick in who has the ability to be one of the top five edge rushers in the NFL. And as a former Midwest scout, this is a region that's geared my heart, and that is David Ajabo from Michigan. And when we talk about the ability to win outside, inside, and through the tackle, David Ajabo has a combination of the two most important ones to win through, inside and outside. People talk about him like he's some unrefined pass rusher, but he brings 95th plus percentile athleticism, and he can win with a ghost move, a speed rip, 
He can win with an inside spin move. And that's just the beginning. And he's really only played one season. So it's like, if he can achieve that level of hand usage in one year of actually playing, what can he do when he's brought to an NFL locker room and he's put next to Carl Lawson, who is a great veteran influence. So, you know, I would normally say trade down, but you know, this is Chandler Jones right here. We have a big opportunity to take this player as a franchise cornerstone. Okay. Ajabo is Chandler Jones. Now we're preaching blasphemies here. James, <laughs> You would rather take a Jabo here than get another pick in the second round when you could probably get a Jabo at 17. Like I'm Joe Douglas right here and I'm thinking about giving you your pink slip. I gotta be honest. I'm gonna go over to Dylan. Dylan, what's the deal, man? You wanna trade down or is it a prospect you wanna talk about? You know, um, I feel like I got a gun for my promotion here because of what, uh, what Rex Hogan just kind of put forth to the table. You know, I'm gonna go with another guy here. I'm gonna give you a proposal. I think trading down is not a bad move here, but I'm going to give you a proposal of a piece that can help us build through the trenches. I know that's some, that's a trigger word for you, Joe. And I know that uh, this is a guy who I think is a better edge rusher than the guy that our uh, other um, employee just brought to the table here. So I'm going to go with a methodical, instinctual, high IQ freak athlete, the Greek freak, George Kailathis. That's who I'm bringing to the table here to compliment Carl Lawson, provide a, affirmative and distinct pass rush for this New York Jets team for the next decade. And I, that's why I think George Karlaftis would be a solid pick here for us at pick seven. Let's go to the trenches with both picks here. All right, listen, I'm Joe Douglas. I make the final decision, but I'm going to stick with you guys. You know, if you don't want to trade down here and get another second round pick, which I think would be really beneficial to this particular team. And it seems like you guys just wanted to ruin the pod. So let's, let's just do it. Let's just ruin the pod. You know, like, why not? You know, let's just go off on a tangent. Um, but I'm going to stick with choosing one of your guys. And if we're going to go edge here and improve that rush and solidify that front, I'm going with the Greek god, George Karloftis. I'm with you, Dylan. I think he's a beast. I would not be opposed to the Jets taking him here. I think a combination of taking Neil first and Karloftis at pick seven is something that I could definitely you know, be on board with. So here we are, fourth pick, Evan Neal, seventh pick, George Karloftis, which I feel somewhat egregious. You know, I think we should have probably traded down to 17, but listen, you guys didn't want to hear about it. You didn't want to do it. So this is where we're at. So now we're going to the second round and we're passing the baton to the next Joe Douglas, Michael Megan. Mike? I just want to say the former Joe Douglas, uh, the last time you traded down into the second in the second round, you took Denzel Mims. So maybe we were saving you from yourself this time. But uh, I digress. Pick 35, basically, basically like a fringe first rounder. And Dylan, you know, we, we settled both sides on the trenches on the offensive line and the defensive line. So what do you got for me at the top of round two? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. 
Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You know, I'm going to satisfy a lot of what you and uh, James brought to the table with the first two picks about wanting a playmaker, wanting somebody who Zach can rely on and can complement Elijah Moore well. And, you know, there were three guys who kind of came to mind here because I don't know if they'll fall or not. I think that Drake London's a guy who's obviously going to come to mind, but I think he's going to end up being a first round wide receiver. So I'm going to take him out of this debate, although I would love it if he's here. And I'm going to actually go towards either leaning towards David Bell or George Pickens. But I think Pickens is a guy who has character issues that I think our, our staff's not really going to be high on. You know, he's been suspended. He's had some issues in the past. And I'm not necessarily high on a guy like that who's also been injured. So I'm going to go with a technical receiver. He's versatile. He's been a proven producer. He's athletic as all hell. And I'm going to kind of infringe on my um, co-scouts territory here in the Midwest. And I'm going to go back-to-back Purdue guys. And I'm going to pitch David Bell to the staff. Okay, David Bell. I know I know he has a couple fans here. Uh, James, who are you suggesting that they take with pick 35? Yeah, so kind of on a similar note, I want to present Kentucky wide receiver Wanda. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Um, no, I actually want to present a defensive player who we haven't talked about in the scouting room before. He's the running mate to N'Kobe Dean, and that's Channing Tindall. Now, I know he hasn't gotten a ton of buzz yet. It makes sense because he's playing next to such great players. But when he goes down to the senior bowl and he plays on the defense that we're going to coach, he's going to tear things up. And people are going to see that 4-4, 40-yard dash speed and elite athleticism that he has. Now, I think he does have a lot of room to grow. And I think ideally he comes in in sort of a run and chase role where he's not really being asked to run things. Um, but I do think this is a player with incredible potential. Um, you know, if you saw him in the, in the Clemson game running down that bubble screen, like a, like a tiger running down a gazelle in the Serengeti. I mean, it was really impressive. Like, I think this is a really talented player, physical freak, and I would love to have him on this defense. Okay, Joe, who's still probably reeling from the that with the, with from our last section. Who do you pitch at pick thirty five? Well, this is tough. You know, I was really hoping you guys traded down to seventeen, and we potentially you know went with somebody like Traylon Burke or Drake London, even at that point. And then you know, in this selection, maybe go for an edge guy, maybe Jermaine Johnson or even Trayvon Walker in this particular spot. Or you know, I could see us going forward with somebody like Jaquan Bursker if he fell, because I feel like this team is in desperate need of another safety, somebody who could get downhill and take over that kind of uh, in-the-box role or take over that spot from Riley, who, you know, has his moments but isn't exactly the guy who I see here long-term for the New York Jets. But I do think we need a playmaker, and there is somebody I've been watching uh, a little more, and I'm starting to like him more and more. And it's somebody that Dylan mentioned, David Bell, man. I, I feel like David Bell is one of the unheralded wide receivers in this league. I think he has first round potential. I think that if he went in the first round, I don't think that would be egregious at 
all. He is, I mean, crisp in and out of his breaks. He has good releases. His body control is ridiculous. I feel like people are really sleeping on him. And to get him in this range, I think he could be one of those people that I mentioned. I said six, only six of the 18 guys who have a thousand yards receiving this year were drafted in round one. Well, I think that David Bell could be another one of those guys found in the later rounds, round two and up, who could be another thousand yard receiver. And I think that I could see him in a wide receiver group with Elijah Moore, Davis, and David, ring my bell. I'm scoring touchdowns for you and making Zach Wilson look a little better on Sundays. So Meigs, I think you should uh, give Zach what everybody wants, man. You know, he needs playmakers. I think this guy could be one. Uh, to quote our boss, uh, Joe Caparoso, uh, the Jets haven't made a single like 50-50 catch this entire season. And if you take David Bell, uh, that number is going to go up in a hurry. So I have two people banging the table for the man, and I have zero issues handing in that card. David Bell is my pick, pick 35 out of Purdue. All right, James. Um, James has actually been known as the guy who said Sam Darnold, he would trade, he would take a conditional seven for Sam Darnold. Thankfully, actual Joe Douglas was able to get a second rounder, a fourth rounder and a sixth rounder for him. And because of Sam Darnold, we have this pick now. So James, take it away. All right, Dylan, as our youngest scout at this table, I need you to talk to me. What are we doing here? You know, the young minds, you know, this could be the time for a trade down, accumulate some more picks in the future, you know, go with a couple day two picks next year and you kind of get some value here. But, you know, Joe, you just kind of mentioned the safety position needs help. And I know this is where you're going to be a little offended, James, that, you know, that your young comrade here is going to go against you. But it's all about winning the battle in football. And, you know, I'm going to go with a guy who can help teammate chemistry by being a former teammate of our star wide receiver, Elijah Moore in high school. So I'm going to go with an Alabama player. You know, we love those SEC boys. He has 81 tackles this year, three interceptions, two touchdowns. He's a high IQ player and an All-American. He would be able to play the strong safety spot and compliment Ashton Davis, kind of help you maybe make up for a potential whiff there with Davis and be able to compliment each other well. I'm going to go with Jordan Battle here. That's what I'm going to bring to the table for you. Okay, I like it. I like it. Okay. Senior scout, Megan, what do you got for me? The I mean, grizzled veteran. Oh, I, I, this is definitely someone who could definitely be called grizzled. I mean, what is the biggest glaring need on this team right now? Punter. I'm, what? Punter. Oh, well, yeah, honestly, that's probably, that probably is one. And then uh, I'm not believing in the Kenny Yaboa hype just yet, but tight end is a massive need. I don't know if Dalton Schultz is going to want to come here in free agency or if he'll even get to free agency with how uh, how the Dallas Cowboys like to do business. But it's Trey McBride, tight end out of Colorado State. Boy catches every single ball that is thrown to him. He just doesn't drop passes. He's a really good effort blocker. You can move him all around. He's going to be Zach Wilson's best friend, and he's going to catch a lot of touchdowns in the red zone forever takes him, and it should be us. I like it. I like it. Okay. Scout Bellage, talk to me. All right, listen, I, you know, I want to talk a little bit more about Jordan Battle because I didn't mention safety. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about how the Jets might need a weak side linebacker. And I, I believe that they do as well. But when you look at the Jets defense, they're playing a lot of four two five, right? So it seems like they're just playing a lot of defensive backs. And you see at times somebody like Michael Carter, for instance, be – lined up in the slot and say against 11 personnel. But if you were watching against that Miami game, a number of times they kind of motioned out where he almost became like this quasi linebacker. and was really just a detriment 
in the run game. And I feel like they need to bring somebody in here who could be more of that like slot that, or that safety nickel, somebody who could potentially play in the back end, but play up front covering slot, but also being in the box kind of quasi linebacker as well. And I think that Jordan Battle does have those chops. Now I will say that for whatever reason, he really regressed this year and his film from last year was way better than it is this year. So I do have my reservations with him. And sometimes when I'm watching him, it's almost like he almost seems disinterested. Like he's letting the other people around to make the plays. And that did leave a bad taste in my mouth, but I do like it from like a, a schematic standpoint and from like what I would like to see the Jets do a standpoint as well, as far as the safety goes and just who they have on the field when they're uh, running their defense. But you know what? There's just this guy, man. And my man, Michael Meegan mentioned him. Dude is one of the best run blocking tight ends in the country. The Colorado state offense runs completely through him over a thousand yards receiving this year. I'm not saying he's George Kittle, but I'm also not saying he isn't George Kittle. But you could use him exactly the way San Francisco does use Big George. 6'4", 250-plus pound tight end, who can catch and block. Um, do I have to say any more? Trey McBride, perfect fit for the Jets. Let's give Zach another weapon. Let's score some damn points. Joe, you had me in the first half, not going to lie, with that Jordan battle. <laughs> um, you know, I'm glad you came around, Joe, because I think that makes a majority here. And as much as we do need a good safety – we, may, we need to make sure that Zach is a success, and that starts with getting a great tight end like Trey McBride. So that's the pick. So our mock is complete. I mean, Evan Neal, George Karloftis, David Bell, and Trey McBride. Oof. Jets are looking good, boys. That could be, that could, that could be a nine-win team next year, Zach. If the Zach we saw on Sunday, we see him more and more next season. But uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you guys with one question for the group, and then we'll call it a night. Joe, you pitched the trade down from pick seven, and you weren't very happy that we didn't agree with that. So my question to you, if you guys could, what, was, what would be the pick that you would want to trade out of these four for a veteran player, and who would that veteran player be? That's a, you know what, Meigs? That's a really good question. I feel like instead of maybe taking David Bell as much as I like him, I'd love to make a trade for a veteran wide receiver. I love, and I mentioned it earlier, how the Bills brought in Stefan Diggs. I know the Cowboys were criticized for bringing Amari Cooper, but I think that was actually something that worked out as well. I don't know who is available. Calvin really does have some issues. You know, obviously he decided not to play for mental reasons, and I respect that. Um, but he is very much like a, a Garrett Wilson type of player. So if you could get him for a second round pick and then use that other first round pick on somebody else, like a George Karloftis, I, man, I'd be very much down with something like that. Dylan, where is, are you sticking offense? You think in defense, where does your mind go when you think about possibly using one of these four picks on a veteran? So I think I'm going to kind of lean more with the offensive side of the ball. And I'm going to lean more with a pass catcher because this is kind of the scenario I could see happening where Dalton Schultz gets franchise tagged maybe by Dallas or they can't kind of come to an agreement. Maybe there ends up being a rift there. So I'm going to lean more towards going with a younger tight end, whether that be a Schultz, whether that be somebody else out there, maybe we can get, 
I don't think OJ Howard would command a second round pick, but I'm going to say maybe trading for a younger tight end with maybe the 38th pick in the draft rather than going after a Trey McBride, or even I'm going to go against my guy here, Kate Otten, or one of these younger guys who could develop, maybe go for a more sure thing and go for a younger tight end, preferably a Dalton Schultz type, but I don't know if he'd be a trade candidate. Um, Dylan, I would just love to pop in with my answer because my mind went to there as well. And I don't even know if it would take the 30th pick in the draft to get this player just because I just feel like there's a logjam of weapons in Denver. But I would love to see Noah Fant on the New York Jets, who was a first-round talent, was a very good player coming out of Iowa. Definitely more known for his receiving skills than his blocking, but I don't think Noah Fant's a bad blocker by any means and could really like the verticality he would bring to this scheme, what he would bring to Zach Wilson. And I don't think that would take a second-round pick. I think you can get him a little cheaper now that Tim Patrick signed, Corlin signed, signed, and they still have Judy and Hamler. And you would think that George Payton, who's the GM there, did not take him in the first round, and tight end is the more replaceable position. James, who is your guy? Do you, are you going to are you going to stick with all four offense, or are you going to go straight on the defensive side? No, I mean I think picking up where you left off, Jerry Judy is somebody who's really interesting to me, just because I think he's a somewhat decent fit in this type of offense, just with like the fluidity he has as a route runner, and. I'm not sure what the situation is there in Denver, like whether they see themselves as a contender or more of a rebuild. He wasn't drafted by George Payton, the GM. So I think that'd be something I look into. I'd also look into like, can we, obviously our first round picks are high. So it's like, if you're going to trade one of those first round picks, it needs for, it needs to be for like a really stellar player, preferably one that's like not super old that you do have a runway, you know, with this young team. So I do think that's the biggest consideration age. Yep. No, I definitely agree. I really like all, I think, I, I mean, I love all four players. They we, we mentioned, I would love to see all of them in the green and white, hopefully soon, but guys, it was great to be back. There's no, there's not a hiatus next week. We're going to officially know where every jets draft picks probably going to slot come April. And this was the first mock draft. It won't be the last mock draft. Make sure you're sub to the pod. Make sure you're sub to badlands. Make sure you're listening to TOJ live. And uh, it's going to be a big offseason for the offseason champs, the New York Jets.